This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. It's our weekly hockey podcast with Seth Rorbo covers the Pittsburgh Penguins at Trib Live. Tim Benz with you on the Fans First Network. Of course, you can check out Seth's work every day during the hockey season at Trib Live. They are now getting set to play the Maple Leafs on Saturday night. Seth, we've had a series of games this year, I think, where people have looked at the Penguins winning them and saying, okay, this is the moment where they get in gear. This is the game that launches them to an extended win streak. I think that early game against the Avalanche was one of those. It didn't turn out to be the case, nor was it the case, for instance, when they beat the defending cup champions, the Vegas Golden Knights. There there was some thought that after the goalie goal from Tristan Jari that they go on a real run after they came back from two goals down and they lost four in a row. Uh, what about this Montreal Canadiens win? Is there something to it on that front? Uh, the way they came back, the way Sid led them back, the shootout, the way Nedeljkovic um, kind of bounced back after the first period. Any sort of magic pixie dust there? Or they, we just got to get away from waiting for one of these games as a singular moment for them to turn things around. Uh, no, not really. I mean, it's hockey. I mean, it's 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 such a random series of events, any hockey game. Um, if Lars Eller doesn't score in what I think was like maybe the sixth round of that shootout, we're talking about how you know terrible the PK was or something like that. So uh, it's it's you know it's such a random sport. Um, I, they could very well go out and you know get destroyed by the Maple Leafs on Saturday, or they could you know eke out a four-two win or anything else. So. Um, no, I'm, I'm hesitant just to say, oh, the Penguins are on, you know, geared up here to go on a, you know, winning streak here. I mean, I'll, hey, a two game winning streak for them right now is a, a quite an accomplishment just given how the bulk of their season has gone here. But, um, no, it's, uh, just, just through the general nature of hockey, I'm, I'm hesitant to look at anything they've done this week and, uh, su- suggest that it's a signal for, uh, you know, some kind of sustained success or even the, failure. Does that go for the power play too? Uh, maybe a little bit. Um, I, I mean, we'll see what goes on here. Uh, I mean, I, in terms of, uh, you know, who they deploy, I can't imagine that they'll make many changes there. Even if, uh, Ricard Raquel is eligible to return to one up Saturday. Um, uh, but you know, they're clearly, uh, going in the right direction. I, I think a lot of that there was maybe just, you know, confidence, uh, in terms of, you know, oh, we can actually score on the power play. I mean, once they got that goal against Arizona on Tuesday, they're, uh, um, it seemed like maybe they they relaxed a little bit there and just you know you know gained back a little bit of confidence there. So um, again, hockey's so random that you know they they could get blanked zero for four on you know, on Saturday against Toronto, and you know we're back to thinking you know well, you know Todd Reardon should be fired or whatever. But uh, no, I mean they, they clearly have uh, gained some traction in the in the correct direction uh, here in the past two games. Tactically, uh, anything to the fact that they've got Crosby maybe trying to make some more plays below the goal line or coming off the left half wall? Uh, maybe a little bit. I mean, they're moving a little bit more to the left. I mean, they rotate so much. I mean, aside from, say, the guy at the point there, uh, which is usually Eric Carlson, they don't really uh, 
have too many guys in quote unquote set positions. Uh, obviously, you know, guys like Jake Gensel, I mean, he, he goes to the net and, you know, does what he does. And, uh, Sidney Crosby, you know, you know, we're seeing him a little bit more on the left side there. And Evgeny Malkin always, you know, wants to, you know, blast that one timer from the, from the right circle there. But, uh, they have so much rotation there. It's, 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 I'm always maybe a little bit hesitant to say, oh, you know, you know, these, this guy does this and this guy does that. And, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what Valtteri Pustin can still contribute there. They're using him a little bit more in the bumper slot position there, uh, albeit threat, you know, through the context of the rotation there. But um, I don't want to say Valtteri Pustin has fixed the power play, but uh, um, it's interesting to see what uh, they've, you know, turned to him uh, after, you know, exhausting so many other options there. So, um, again, I'm not, I'm not saying Valtteri Pustin is the key to it, but uh, clearly something's going on uh, correctly there with him there. Do you think that during this stretch where they've had both Raquel and Rust injured, um, what has it said to you about their depth or uh, lack of available parts down in Wilkes-Barre? Um, I, I think they're in better position maybe in years past to deal with something like that. I mean, you know, you look at last season, they got really lucky last season uh, for the limited success they did have. Um, you know, they, they really didn't deal with too many injuries to their top six. Uh um, you know, Jason Zucker missed a few games here and there, but for the most part, just, you know, all their, you know, top two lines were intact for most of that season and it carried them to almost making the playoffs. Uh, this year they've obviously dealt with a lot of injuries. Uh, you know, most notably Brian Rush for Carter Raquel. You know, let's not forget there was a lot of, uh, hand wringing over Jake Gensel's status entering the season after he came off off season ankle surgery there. So, um, they loaded up a little bit more in terms of getting some kind of some, some of those, you know, borderline guys, uh, um, you can maybe move up there uh, at times, like Vinny Hinostroza. They've tried there, you know, at times with him there, and um, they see, certainly seem to have a lot more confidence in Drew O'Connor moving him up there. I mean, he helped contribute uh, on the Penguins' opening goal on Monday against uh, Montreal. Uh, we've seen Valtteri Pustin, and you know, you know, seemingly you know work pretty well on that group there on that second line there with Evgeny Malkin and, and Riley Smith. He has two assists in three games here, so. Um, I, I, again, I, I think you'd like to see some more options, but I think they're, they're a little bit better prepared for, um, any kind of injuries or, or absences they may experience uh, with their top six. And they have been in years past. How'd you feel about Crosby's game in Montreal overall? Um, you know, it seemed like it, uh, you know, drew a lot of rave reviews for the people that saw it. Um, I mean, two goals and assist, uh, you know, it gets, gets a shootout goal there too. So. Um, you know, just based on, on those base offensive figures, it seemed like he played pretty well. Um, uh, certainly, you know, obviously a, a, a significant factor in the power plays resurgence here. Um, um, and, you know, you can always, I don't want to say, you know, uh, you know, the cliche thing, you can always count Sidney Crosby, but I mean, simply it can't. I and mean, there's not too many, too much variance in his game. You know, there's not too many times where he you know, goes four or five games without a, without a point or a goal or some kind of significant contribution. So, um, you know, his age is 36. Uh, I mean, you, you can you know kind of marvel he can still do things like that, but um, this is who he's been here you know for the past 18, 19 years, and um, I'm, I'm not sure anything like that should be surprising. Meanwhile, Malkin hasn't scored since that November 28th game against the Predators. He does have assists in three straight games. What's going on with his performance right now? 
I'm wondering, I and mean, I would t- I would tie in Riley Smith there. Riley Smith always has only has like one goal in the past, what like 17 games or something like that. So I, I yeah, this I'm this is the other side of Riley Smith. I mean, everybody was very excited about him, but he does have a reputation for going in prolonged droughts too. Yeah, I honestly, I wonder how much Ricard Raquel's absence has hurt them uh, that line collectively. Uh, Ricard Raquel hasn't had a great season offensively. I mean, he only had what you know four assists in 17 games, no goals, but. Um, there were a lot of things he was doing to help that line in terms of, you know, when it was productive and, um, it, you know, since he's gone, uh, left the lineup, I mean, that line just has not been nearly as, uh, as dangerous. And, um, again, those two guys are, should be talented enough to, you know, you know, produce some offense, meaning Riley Smith and Evgeny Malkin, um, if I was on the right wing there, but. Um, you know, I, I don't think the fact that Ricard Raquel's been absent for, for so much time here is uh, all that, you know, much of a coincidence in terms of uh, that line's, you know, lack of production here as of late. So, um, Ricard Raquel, again, he, he, when he's healthy, he needs to play a lot better than he did in the first 17 games that he played. But, um, there were a lot of things he was doing, and there's some underlying numbers that would that back that up, um, to help that line when it was, you know, being fairly productive. So, uh, but again, uh, Riley Smith and Evgeny Malkin are uh, more than talented enough to, to produce uh, um, by themselves, no matter who's on that right wing. Jake Gensel has seven goals and three assists since Thanksgiving. He's leading the team in points right now. Uh, this is one of those situations, isn't it, Seth, where they either have to trade him to get market return at the deadline if they're not in, or they better lock him up. Yeah, I mean, you just can't let the guy walk. Uh, I mean, you, you might end up with like a John Tavares situation there with the Islanders, where they tried to hang on to him, tried to re-sign him, and they then he walked away as a free agent. And they let he you know left for nothing there. So, um, I mean, he's he's. I, I I wonder if you know maybe the early part of the season he's still dealing with some after effects from his ankle injury, not so much the injury itself, but just you know, trying to regain his conditioning and skating. He hadn't skated for so many weeks, but I'm wondering if he's past that and. Um, he's really turning it on right now in terms of uh, just his uh, production and um, um, just in terms of his conditioning, his skating ability, his touch to the puck, all that stuff. So um, he's certainly on a heater right now. Um, you know, and, and power play certain boost in the last two games has you know, helped boost some of his numbers here. So um, his future is going to be a, 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 you know, a, a very you know a, a hard debate, I guess, uh, here moving forward until the Penguins make some kind of decision with him. Um, personally, I think you resign him just if, if you're interested in keeping Sidney Crosby happy for uh, the remainder of his career with the Pittsburgh Penguins. But um, um, again, if, if their you know fortunes continue to sink south and they're not not really a playoff contender as you know we get close to the trade deadline here, um, it's certainly something you have to consider because you can get quite a return for a player like him. We haven't spoken since Kyle Dubas had his press conference, gave a vote of confidence essentially to uh, Mike Sullivan. Uh, what do you think the underlying um, relationship is like between those two? I mean, he came in, you know, guns ablazing about how much he liked Mike Sullivan and has never changed that tune. Is that all for us, or does he exactly think that way? I think they think that way, and they're both pretty detailed-oriented people. Um, uh, you know, Mike Sullivan will, you know, break down things like something like, say, you know, how do you how do you change the bench to a granular detail? And Kyle Dubes is the same way in his capacity, so. Uh, I, I think they're, you know, very similar in that regard. And I, I think there's maybe a, a common respect in that, that sense. 
um, as far as any significance of him giving a, a you know a vote of confidence to Mike Sullivan, I mean, that's fine. But you know, Mike Sullivan has a three year three years left on his contract, so yeah. Um, even if uh, now, if, hey, if the Penguins miss the playoffs again this year, you know, maybe things get interesting there. But um, Mike Sullivan went kind of round and round Hextall, the previous general manager, to get that three year contract extension. So um, again, whoever's in that seat right now in terms of you know running the team. You know, being Kyle Dubas, uh, that's nice that he gave a vote of confidence, but you know, just the terms of his contract, I, I don't know that uh, uh, would have prompted Kyle Dubas to say anything else. So, um, again, I, I, I don't sense that Mike Sullivan's really in any kind of serious danger here of losing his job again, unless the Penguins just completely tank here. And you know, hey, you, we've seen what they've done here for the first two months of the season, so uh, anything's possible. But just given the terms of his contract, I just don't see that being a a realistic possibility at this point. Finally, Seth, what do we make of the Leafs after that wild game they just had against Columbus? They were down 5 nothing, came back, tied it with uh, 45 seconds left. Austin Matthews had two goals, yeah, two goals in the third period, one at 18.45, one at 19.15. They get to overtime and then lose an OT to the Blue Jackets. I, I can't imagine what their heads were swimming like after that one. Yeah, I mean it's kind of the same, you know, issue for them as it has been for many years. Is their goaltending? Um, you know, they seem to have something there with uh, Joseph Wall, uh, the rookie goaltender. He came in here and played uh, okay, I guess, against the Penguins a few weeks ago. But um, he's been dealing with an injury, I believe, as, as of late. And um, <clears throat> Ilyas Samsonov, who you know we got familiar with when he was a rookie with Washington, uh, he was kind of seen as like uh, their franchise goaltender, but. Um, he hasn't had you know much much success this year. Or so, and um, they have Martin Jones, the former Shark goaltender, is kind of like a third goaltender there. Um, goaltending is going to be probably the biggest uh, variable for them because otherwise they're pretty stacked. I mean, it's the same crew that we're all familiar with there: uh, William Nylander, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, etc. So um, they have plenty of talent. It's just a matter of uh, trying to keep the puck out of the net. And, um, as always, they have some question marks there. Yeah, and uh, I noticed in that game, I think Nylander and Matthews combined for like 19 shots. Matthews still leading the league in goals at the time that we're speaking with 23, one in front of Besser. So offensively, yeah, to your point, they've they've still got enough players, but goaltending-wise, they, as always, seem to be in tough shakes. Appreciate it, Seth. We'll catch up again next week, all right? All right, sounds good, Tim. All right, Seth Rorba covers the Penguins at Trib Live.